Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast this week. I have to tell you all, (laughs) about five minutes ago, I was laying down on this huge fluffy rug that I have in my office laying there saying, what am I going to say? What am I, what am I going to speak to today? How do I, how do I dive in and kind of look at this? And I will say Again, like always, I'm sort of searching my feelings, searching my experience, kind of searching the world, kind of tuning into themes that are happening around me. And something came up, something, of course, as always does come up, but something that I felt might be important to speak to sort of came in. And a lot of it has to do around compassion and empathy. I think there were about five mini series, um, a one mini series with five episodes that I did at the beginning um, when I started this podcast actually about a year ago. Took a little bit of a break from it, but my goal in creating that series was to really help people connect with their soul essence, to really connect with who they are. So much of this podcast is my sense of how you actually reclaim what you already have. Again, I think learning, going out, you know, experiencing things, all of that is so, so important. And I also feel like a person that I feel bombarded a lot of the times by all of these opportunities that come in. I mean, even my even my email inbox, it's like, do this, do that, can do this, especially as more things are opening post-COVID. There's this kind of overwhelm of things to engage with in different ways. And so as I was sort of laying here on the floor <laughs> and kind of tuning in, I was thinking about how my original idea for the podcast was how do I get people to reclaim what they already have? How do all of these opportunities to go out and learn and teach are are amazing and people should definitely interact with them, but how do I get people to see the gold mine that's actually in them? And so each episode is is a way for you to see this gold mine to release. This is a, a healing essence that I'm sending, sort of your way to be able to tap into sort of this frequency. And I find that the people that tend to find me or the people that tend to reach out or are really doing a lot of work, especially in our society right now, are, are folks that identify as empaths or people that tend to be more along the sensitive lines. And it's interesting because it feels like, how do I say this? It feels like maybe in later generations, less and less people identified as empaths or people that are sensitive. And now I see so many people that are becoming more and more sensitive and becoming more and more empathic. And yet somehow in our society, it's not okay to necessarily show up with that full sensitivity, with that sense of vulnerability. And I will say I am seeing shifts 
in people I work with, even generationally, I can see differences in the way people express themselves in the way and how much they say. But I'm noticing that more and more people are identifying as empathic, which I think is such a beautiful thing. It means we're able to tune into each other's frequencies more. We're able to tune into the frequencies around us and within us more. However, there's not a lot of roadmaps for how to really work with being empathic. And again, empathy for me is just having a sensitivity. It's being able to sense into the people and the things around us and within us. Where the problem, I think, lies for a lot of people that feel sensitive is it becomes overwhelming. It becomes almost like a towel that's constantly being soaked with water. There can be this heaviness. There can be a sense of not always being able to make decisions that feel aligned or questioning the self or questioning purpose. And the hard part is, is as an empath, if you're feeling energies around you, you are oftentimes taking them in and sometimes taking them on. And the trick really when you're an empath is to learn how to let energy move through you and experience it without hooking into it. And I find, and I, I kind of use this example a lot when I'm teaching folks that are empathic how to really own their space and own their energy, is that especially, and I see this in therapists, being a therapist in kind of that sensitivity world, is that a lot of therapists are empaths or people that are helpers because they want to help because they can sense what people need. Sometimes I call it the accidental healers or they're the people who walk around and their whole lives, they're actually healing other people because they can feel what other people need. And then they try to balance things or they try to fix them or they try to offer things and it helps them feel good for a while, but it doesn't really help them feel like they're truly honoring their own space and it doesn't help them understand how to ask other people to meet them in that way. So when I describe people that are empaths, especially, like I said, people that are healers and therapists are making that empathic sensitivity part of their work life, part of something that they, that energy that they're in all the time. It's almost like if you see another person across the room, an empath is the person that has these kind of feelers and they sort of feel out and they take a little kind of taste or they take a little bit of like, um, kind of like a test of that person's energy and they take it And they sort of feel it in their own mind and their own body. And they go, oh, that's how this person's feeling. It's almost like you're reaching across the table, taking a bite of someone else's meal and chewing it and going, oh, okay, they're feeling really sad or they're feeling upset or I can tell that something's wrong. Usually if you're a person that walks into a room and you can kind of read that in someone or you don't really know why, it usually means there's an empathic quality. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, our society, in my experience, at least people around me, it seems like a more ongoing shift that this energy is becoming more prevalent. But again, I see very few people that know really what to do. It's like, well, once I took a bite of this meal, what if I don't like it? (laughs) And oftentimes for people that are really sensitive, it's almost like they take a bite of that person's meal so that they understand what they're eating, what that person's going through. And then they feel overwhelmed. They're like, wow, that was a big bite. (laughs) What do I do with this energy? Or sometimes it becomes confusing. There's all this energetic exchange that's happening. And so oftentimes when I work with people that are empathic, there's so much around, well, like what is my purpose or what's mine and what's not mine? And I want to share with you all 
the reason I can speak to this, obviously, is because this has been a big piece of my own life. You know, most of the time what we're trying to heal in our own life, we become a teacher of. It's part of kind of our path. It's like we go through things, we learn how to heal something, and then we want to offer it to other people. So as you can probably tell, I have a lot to offer in the empathic sensitivity sort of place. And I was dramatically sensitive. And I'm going to share this story uh, with you all. And I've shared it maybe in small ways, but I don't think people fully understand maybe, how do I put this, how being empathic can really open to bigger things. It's almost like sensitivity and vulnerability becomes a shame point because especially when you're younger, sometimes there can be this culture of being like aloof, (laughs) like being aloof and cool and not showing emotion is kind of what's in that's like a brand (laughs) I guess you could say and people want to buy it they want people to like them without having to show vulnerability and yet all of these tender-hearted people are walking around wanting to be cared for and to want to have vulnerable relationships but no one knows how to speak to it unless they can send a text message (laughs) anyway as I'm digressing but I'm going to share this sort of empathic story and maybe it'll resonate for you or maybe it will help you think about the ways that maybe you feel empathic or maybe you feel sensitive in this world and then I'll kind of spiral into how to really work with that sensitivity as a strength because to me empathy and sensitivity they're all part of the same wheel of being intuitive you know slash psychic slash these are all like psychic is just being able to see things clearly as they are and intuition is just sensing into the greater field. And if you are sensitive or empathic, you're already doing that. But it can become really convoluted and really messy if you're not able to identify what energy is yours. So I think, again, I've mentioned this in some ways before, but I grew up as an incredibly sensitive kid. I grew up really being confused about what was mine. I used to apologize to people a lot of the time because I could feel other kids' energetic shifts when they weren't happy. And I was like, I have to have done something. Because when you're sitting next to someone and all of a sudden they're not happy and you can feel it, you're like, am I at fault? Which also has to do with, if you look at your family story, you know, were you the person that regulated your parents? you know, were you the person that got a lot of attention or a lot of energy and you had to learn how to kind of be this undercover healer? There's a lot of us that have that story of trying to make sure everyone around us is okay. And I'm definitely one of them as well. But essentially, I grew up being this super sensitive human that actually had a lot of digestive issues, had so many stomach sort of things going on because I would hold energy in my space. I'd hold anxiety. I didn't know how to really release certain energy. So I would literally kind of clench my stomach and kind of hold them there. And it caused a lot of digestive stuff, unfortunately. So as I'm getting older and older and (laughs) digestive issues are getting worse and worse, and I'm experiencing this higher level of sensitivity and right out of my desire to be aloof and cool, I'm trying to hide it to pretend that it's not there. I essentially have an experience where I was, I believe I was 15 or 16 years old. I can't really remember at this point, somewhere along those lines. And I was 
really, really into learning, really, really into books, loved fiction, you know, was the person that would spend hours in these bookstores, you know, and look at my mom and be like, please, can I get eight books? And she'd be like six and I'd be like seven, please. You know, <laughs> and usually, usually she was great at finding that, that middle number of books to get. And I just spent a lot of time really, really learning and dreaming. And so I would spend a lot of time, especially on the weekends, staying up late till two or three in the morning, just really trying to finish these books. So this was a typical weekend situation where it was, you know, one or two in the morning and I had a book on my lap and I was finishing a chapter, I believe, and I set the book down on my lap and kind of rubbed my eyes and looked around and looked at the clock, the wee hours of the morning. And all of a sudden, again, the book is sitting on the bed. It just starts vibrating, like literally starts shaking. And I stared at it and this went on for about five seconds. And of course, it's very hard to really make sense of that, right? A book, I'm not touching it, just begins vibrating, sitting on my bed, just shaking, moving, and right, my brain automatically goes right into the left field, the intellectual mind, and tries to make sense of it. And I'm like, oh, my phone. I must have a phone. There must be something underneath there. And so I pick up the book in my hands, expecting to see my cell phone underneath it, you know, thinking I got like a text from a friend or something. And it's not there. And I remember specifically, I turn my head to the left. I look over at my nightstand and I see my phone And this feeling of what comes over me, just complete that blank space of confusion, kind of like when you're suspended in the air of, I don't know what this means. And I look back at the book and all of a sudden, you know, it's in my hands. Not only does it start shaking and vibrating, but this great, almost like wind seems to come up in my room and the pages start flying everywhere. I mean, they're still attached, but it was literally like you open a book and a wind just, you know, moves 60 pages, just like nothing through the air. And I'm staring at this book as it's moving in my hand, like a massive wind is blowing these pages. And all of a sudden it was almost like someone hit a light switch, like an entire light switch went out. And I closed my eyes and I let go of the book And I slumped against, I was almost sitting against a wall like my pillow, but I actually lost all muscle control in my body. It completely collapsed. My eyes closed and I lost full control of my body. It felt like I didn't actually, I wasn't in my body anymore. And I started yelling. I was like, what is happening? And all of a sudden I heard a woman's voice and she just started talking to me. She tried to tell me her name. She tried to talk to me. I don't even really remember what she was trying to say because I was so frightened. I was so afraid that it felt like something energetically kicked me out of my body. It was almost like someone literally walked like like a door was open and they walked into my space and pushed me out of it because it was almost like someone else had taken over my system. It was very, very frightening. And again, this this ghost or this being or this entity or whatever you want to call it that invaded my space, you know, is trying to talk to me and I'm just screaming. I'm just yelling, you know, 15 years old, I'm yelling. But the part I didn't realize at that time is I just reacted, right? Like fight flight kind of response. Obviously mine was to fight rather than freeze. 
And I just started yelling over and over and over again. And I don't remember what I was yelling. I didn't remember at the time. But, you know, it could have been 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds later. It literally felt like she or this being left. And all of a sudden it was like someone clicked the light switch back on. It was almost like I regained, like I was completely in my body. It was completely in my space. It was almost like someone pushed me out of my space and they left and I came sort of back in and I was shaking and I had my eyes closed and I kept them closed because I was so afraid of what I would see if I opened my eyes. So I sat there in my bed shaking, trying to regulate myself essentially for 10 minutes. And then I slowly peeked my eyes open and looked around my room and there was nothing there. So there's a lot of names for this kind of experience. You know, some people might say that, you know, they might go into like the exorcism realm, right, where a spirit kind of takes over um, and not in necessarily a high frequency way. Some people might say, oh, this was a ghost trying to talk to you. Some might go into the psychological perspective and, you know, from a psychological view, oh, what kind of, you know, personality or what other kind of psychological split happen, right? There's a lot of different ways we could look at this. But the way that I've looked at it and the way that it's actually helped me grow and learn is that I started really replaying in my head and I realized what I was yelling over and over to this being was I'm not ready. Think about that. Out of everything that I could possibly yell, right? get out, go away, stop, no, anything, right, to put down a boundary. I kept saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready over and over and over and over again. And so something really, really scared me. This was a huge catalyst when I was younger because I knew I was sensitive. I knew I could sense into other things, but I didn't really believe myself I always thought it was a weakness. You know, when I would try to go to bed and I would hear voices and footsteps and things like that as a child and I couldn't sleep, I just thought, you know, my mom really loved scary movies. I thought, oh, this is my brain sort of making all of these things up. And when that happened, there was a moment where I realized, wow, there is something there. This is not me making it up. There is something that I actually tuned into. There's something that I can actually sense into. And I'm so empathic that I'm not actually energetically protected. I'm not actually saying no to things around me. Energy is just going in and out of my space. And I don't really feel safe with that. I want to really be able to be empathic and tune into things, but I want to have a choice. I don't want things to just move into my space, right? In the same way that I'd like to have a lock on my door. I'd like to be able to say no. And so I've spent the last 15 plus years working with energy as an empath and someone who's sensitive to a point where something like this actually happened. It was a massive catalyst and it's been a huge healing road. So the reason I bring these things up is obviously some people don't have as drastic of experiences like this, but they can really resonate when I talk about really being the healer in the family or really being the one that could sense things or feel things that maybe other people couldn't, but maybe that wasn't validated in their space. Or maybe, you know, some people, most kids have these really cool stories of being psychic or pointing things out, and parents have no idea what to do or what to say. Luckily, when I got up the courage to tell my mom, she was like, hey, that sounds really hard. We're going to go get some help, 
We're going to go talk to a psychic. We're going to see what that was. We're going to really understand it maybe from an alternative route, which was really, really helpful to me at that certain point, being a really empathic person. I had gone to therapy. I'd gone to those other places to try to work out why I felt so much. I felt so overwhelmed all the time to the point where I was diagnosed with depression, where I was diagnosed with anxiety or panic disorder. I grew up with um, panic attacks and had no idea what they were. (laughs) Like I had all these things because it was energy that my body was processing and feeling from other people that I didn't realize wasn't mine, right? Like I would feel what other people were feeling. I would take it on and try to heal it without realizing it. And then it created this story that there was something wrong, that there was something that needed to be fixed. So as an empath, I oftentimes see people that are empathic processing things that are not their own. And oftentimes when I'm working with people and they'll talk about something, I'll energetically be looking and saying, all right, how much of this is yours and how much of this is mom's, right? If you're working on perfection energy, how much of that story of perfection and your struggle with feeling enough is actually your story or how much is that of mom's story that you felt as a kid, right? Or how much of that is mom's programming to try to make sure that you are more perfect than she is or that you have a better life than she is, does. So- Oftentimes as an empath, it's really, really impactful and important to ask yourself when you're feeling something or when you're going through something, how much of this is actually mine? How much of this is actually me? How much of this can I let go of in this moment? Because if you're experiencing big waves of things, sometimes it's the environment that you're around, whether that's your work environment, whether that's your relationship environment. Every day that I have to wake up, I have to send my partner's energy back and I pull my energy back from him because as an empath, I am always commingling with other people's energies. It's just what I do. There's nothing wrong with it. But you got to kind of like move yourself into your own space and you be able to have some windows or doors around it. You know, there's something really beautiful about being able to weave with other people's energy. We can learn so much by doing this, but we also have to make sure that we're not putting our energy in other people's spaces. As a healer, I thought that I was, quote unquote, going to heal other people. And that's so silly. I'm not healing other people. Other people are healing themselves. I'm holding the container for them to see themselves more effectively, but I'm not giving them healing energy. Even when I used to have a you know, energy healing office and I used to offer these things, I was just what, what a lot of times they talk about in shamanism is the hollow bone. It is just the channel to bring down an energy a connection point for someone to see themselves better. It's not you putting your energy in someone else's space. So sometimes empaths, they try to take energy on for other people. They try to give their energy to someone else because there's kind of a benefit to it. Like when you're an empath and you feel all that, you're like, well, this is uncomfortable. Like I would really love this other person to feel better so I can feel better and we can all just be happy. It doesn't really work that way. That person that is unhappy needs to be able to connect in with their own energy and you want to be able to give them permission to show up for themselves. Otherwise, you are robbing them of being able to have their own goodness, you know, their own energy, their ability to heal themselves. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give is, you know, it's like the the saying that people have like, you know, basically if you catch a bunch of fish for someone, you're going to feed them, but they're always going to need you. So, 
as an empath, when you make sure that you're pulling your energy out of someone else's space and you're sending that energy back, you are teaching them how to fish for themselves. You are teaching them, even though it might be a struggle, that they need to actually show up for themselves and be able to use their own energy. Everyone has a beautiful amount of energy that they can call back to themselves. So I don't know if I'm calling some of you out out here that are empaths or maybe you're listening and you're like, that doesn't resonate with me at all, (laughs) which is fine too. But there's probably people around you in your life that you might feel are empathic or sensitive and they feel a lot. And so sometimes if you're not feeling a lot and someone else you is someone else next to you is feeling a lot, they might be feeling a lot of what you're not feeling. I don't know if you've had or been that person in a family where it's like the person in psychology, we call it the identified patient, right? Or the IP. It's the person in the family that tends to be, you know, they call it like the black sheep or the purple sheep or the person that seems to have the most issues. Most of the time, the person in the family that quote unquote has the most issues is the person that's actually acting out the things in the family that people aren't saying, right? Like if parents maybe are not doing well together, maybe the child starts acting out because they're angry or upset, but actually it's a parent's anger at the other parent that they're not saying or not working out. And so the child holds that and it's really hard for them. And so they display it and act it out. There's a lot of wisdom to these sorts of things. And again, if you're a person where people are acting out a lot around you, but you're not feeling it, it might be because they're actually interacting with acting out or interacting with things that you're not fully connecting with. So again, it's owning what you're feeling, really owning your energy, not putting your energy on other people. I see that a lot nowadays with text messages. It's so easy to stay cooked into other people's energy spaces. It's so easy with email and text. There's this way that you can kind of send energy at people. And so it's really, really important to pull your energy back from these spaces. And pulling your energy back is as simple as making the intention that when you send a text, you're sending it in a way where you're not sending a hook. You're not sending it with that level of neediness. You know, I, I, I do understand sometimes I'll text my partner and be like, hey, we need to make this decision. Or I'd love to know, should I get carrots when I go grocery shopping? <laughs> which is always a yes, I should know that. (laughs) But there's a level sometimes of when you're sending your energy out, it's being more energetically hygiene about, did I say that right? Energetically hygienic, there we go, (laughs) about your energy as an empath. And as our world, as I see it, continues to get more sensitive, it's really important to be able to know these things and to know how to take care of yourself and to actually know what's yours. You cannot really see your purpose. You can't really see your goals. You can't really see your worth when someone else's energy is in the way. It's going to get muddy. It's going to get confusing. So again, I tell you this story about my empathy and sort of my journey with it and speaking with it is because now Oftentimes when I wake up, it doesn't mean I'm less sensitive. It doesn't mean I'm less empathic. I guess I chose this path for this life is to feel all the feels and that's fine, but you got to put in some windows and some doors, you know, the walls, it doesn't mean that you're walling yourself off from those things, but it means you're able to turn it down. It's almost like a stereo, like a radio gauge. It's like it can hear all the frequencies, but you want to be able to turn it up and down. You want to be able to have that freedom. You want to be able to live with a sense of not processing other people's energy or taking it on. And you don't want to be accidentally diagnosing yourself with things that 
don't actually have to do with you, right? So like when I was diagnosed with depression or panic disorder or some of these things, it was energy in my space that didn't feel like me and I was panicked around it. I was like, what is this? Why can't I heal this? Why can't I get rid of it? And it's like, well, it's not your energy. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like putting on shoes that don't fit. Like you're going to get blisters. Like it's going to hurt. It's going to feel like you don't want to go for a walk, but maybe you actually do want to go for a walk, but you got to put on your own shoes. You know, you don't want to put on someone else's shoes. So I say this with like a sense of sweetness. I hope you can hear this. Like a sense of sweetness and a sense of amusement in a way because I think I wore the wrong shoes, the wrong sizes for several years. <laughs> and ironically, as a as a 6'3 person, as a woman, <laughs> they finally just developed shoe sizes big enough <laughs> for people my height in the last couple of years. So I know this literally, literally, I know this figuratively. Wow, the words today. I, I know these things, uh, from a lot of different angles. And so my challenge to you when I'm talking about these things and talking about being an empath is there's nothing wrong with letting go of energy that's not yours. And sometimes I have the question where people are like, well, how do I know it's mine? And I'm like, well, let it go. If it's yours, it'll probably come back. <laughs> you know, your energy will come back to you. And there's nothing wrong with practicing letting go. If you're like, is this my energy? It's like, well, let it go. See how it feels. Does it feel better? Does it actually feel like, oh, yeah, that is mine and, you know, you kind of call it back into yourself or you think more about it or you give it more space? There's nothing wrong with letting energy go or trying to do things that help you not hold on so tightly to certain things or certain stories. Another question I get sometimes is, well, how do do I let it go, right? I can tell myself to let it go and there's a lot of ways you know, mentally to do that. There are different phrases people tell themselves. In a lot of my podcasts, I'll talk about how are you talking to yourself? What are the voices? What do they sound like? Because your dialogue with yourself is literally creating your reality. Every single word you say is an energetic frequency. So how you are talking to yourself is literally creating your reality. It is creating and helping your brain process in a certain way. You're using certain neural pathways. All of those things are creating what you want. So again, when people say, well, how do I let energy go? How would you tell your best friend to let something go? If you were having a conversation with a friend at a coffee shop and you saw them ruminating on something or you saw them, you know, maybe they were in a relationship that wasn't great for them and for some reason they're stuck on that person and you're trying to get across from them that actually it's a good thing, right? Or actually they can let this person go or actually they're enough. How would you talk to them? How would you say those things? How would you get across to someone that you love that maybe they're spending too much time focusing on this and not in a shameful way, but just in that awareness sort of way? You want to talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to your best friend. You want to be gentle and kind. And if you're not doing that, it's going to make it harder. So when it talks about letting go of energy that's not yours or learning how to let things go, the way you talk to yourself is literally the number one way that most people work with it, especially if you tend to be more left brain and you want that, how do I do it? It's tricky because it's not, you know, say this or say that, but it is talking to yourself with a tone or a frequency that has a level of kindness, has a level of awareness, and really sees you for the being that you are, not based off of shame or mistakes. The second way that I teach people 
a lot of times to release energy, and I've said this before, is I teach a lot of energy healing work because you don't have to necessarily know what the energy is that you have to release. You just have to know that it's not yours, right? So in the same way that you might be standing in line at a grocery store and say there's five cashier lines, but only two of them are open and there's like six people in those two lines and you're sitting there and you're like, wow, I wonder why they don't have more cashiers. We're going to have to wait kind of a long time. And you end up waiting and maybe the five people before you are also super frustrated. And so you finally get to the cashier and you can tell the cashier is just full of overwhelm or anxiety or anger because of the last interactions that they've had. And you walk up and you're like, hey, and they don't say anything or they're like, hi, or they're really fast or they're not happy. You're like, wow, interesting. That's energy that that person is taking on from the other people that are upset. And they're upset because four of their coworkers called in and now they have to have more of a stressful day with more people because they don't have as much help. And you watch this line of transferring energy. You're like, wow, that person wasn't able to show up. Now this person's going to be holding more energy. Oh, wow. They're holding more energy. These people that are frustrated, they're also holding that energy. And then you engage with it and it's your choice, right? It's your choice to take that on and to take it personally or to kind of cut through the knot in a way and say, huh, this actually isn't about me. I'm not going to take this on. I'm actually going to try to be really kind to this person. I'm not going to put my energy in their space. I'm not going to take any of this away. But I'm going to be a kind, genuine person so that they can be in the present time with me because in present time, none of that energy is happening anymore, but they're holding on to it. You don't have to hold on to energy when someone's mean to you. That's one of the huge keys with bullying is that bullies want you to hold on to that energy. They want you to be bruised, right? They want to have that impact on you. But if energy moves right through you and you don't take it personally in the way that light goes right through a window you don't actually become submerged in other energy. So again, it's not necessarily knowing exactly like that trajectory I explained of the energy exchange. You don't actually have to know that, but you just have to see that energy and say, hmm, there's no reason for this person to be mad at me. This actually isn't my energy. I'm not gonna be defensive and I'm also not going to overly try to take care of this in a way. I'm just going to know that it's not mine and I can be in neutrality and I cannot take it on. I can still be kind. I can still be compassionate. And you just let it go. It's a simple way of just not taking it on. We don't have to hold everything. It's not like we walk around with this backpack we're constantly filling. We just say, hmm, yeah, that's not mine. I'm, I'm not going to take it on because I know what it is. So you just maintain your frequency. You just kind of hold steady in the same way that, you know, a bridge holds steady. You hold your energy. You hold your awareness. And as you practice this over and over and over again, it becomes easier to naturally let energy go where you don't have to try so hard. But when you're really bogged down at first with energy, it can be really difficult to figure out what's yours. But again, practicing things like this, letting energy go, not taking it personally, having mantras. You know, there's a past one where I talked about how affirmations are really, really important to change your brain chemistry. These are all ways to let go of energy and to reclaim your frequency as being an empowered empath. It's being someone who's sensitive and empathic and intuitive or psychic or any of these things because these are gifts. These are ways to see other people and help other people be honored, which is going to help heal our world. But again, like I've been saying, as an empath, you got to have some windows and some doors. You can't just be this like free for all, 
trying to heal and save everyone because that doesn't help either. It doesn't actually help you maintain boundaries. And boundaries are not only for other people, they're for us. (laughs) You know, they're a reminder that we also have to really hold ourselves that we actually have to honor ourselves. I see a lot of people waterfall into other people and they're like, I'm just going to love and heal and honor other people and that will feed me. It doesn't really necessarily work like that. (laughs) You know, by giving all the food away on your plate, that doesn't mean you necessarily are going to get nourished. (laughs) It means that you watch everyone else get nourished, but you're going to be impoverished eventually and not have the nutrients that you need. So if you're one of those empaths, one of those people that's working on your boundaries, working on speaking your truth, working on working with your own energy, figuring out what's your energy and what other people's is, I am cheering you on. I'm cheering you on from afar as a fellow empath, as a fellow person that experienced and continues to experience some pretty wooey empathic things on the other side. I am here with you really, really knowing that you are doing beautiful things in the world by feeling and understanding and connecting in with other people, but just making sure that you feel empowered in it, making sure that you let energy go. And if you're confused about, I still, I get it, but I still don't know how to do it. I still don't understand how to let it go. Please reach out to me. I, like I said before in different podcasts, things like that. I have consultation calls with folks where we talk about what's happening for you and what's the super confusing. And we talk about different tools and how to get there and, you know, bigger programs that I have beyond that. But you deserve to be able to be in your highest alignment. You deserve to have this beautiful frequency that you're resonating, connect in with other people, and also be just as deeply connected to yourself and to feel really aligned and sovereign in that. As always, sending so, so much love. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. Make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more. 